I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, February 27, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a lot to discuss tonight. You see a couple of lines on the screen, a couple of adjustments. We got a lot going on, obviously. I can take this video, this episode, in a number of different directions. We have a lot of stuff going on that happened intraday that we can use as learning opportunities, and I'm going to bring forward many of those throughout this video. But based on the fact that the market really fell through another trap door into the close, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about the meaning of that, what reversals look like, where they come from, what we're looking for. Are we looking for one? Are we looking for a lot lower prices? All that kind of stuff. We're going to go over all that. Where did that green line come from? 297.91. We're going to discuss that as well. And what happened to 304? We're going to address that as well. And then we're going to get into a little bit of a sweet spot. I have a bone to pick. Stay tuned. First, let's address what's going on in the overall market, the S&P, the daily chart. We've got a crash on our hands. What the hell's going on? Where's the bottom? Is there a bottom? Is there any way we can get a handle on this situation whatsoever? Well, I have news for you. Inside the numbers members do have a handle on this situation. I'm going to get to that later. It goes with the bone. Now, even as I make this video... The futures market is down even farther than the SPY closed the day. We closed at 297.51. 297.91 is a number I came up with at about 9 o'clock this morning. It's close to some other numbers that were on the board, but that's an actual number, which is why it was the only one left under the 304. Now, based on what happened into the close, we have to go back to the drawing board and come up with additional numbers. We're going to do that in real time. And guess what? I think it's going to be a pretty good exercise. I've obviously taken a look. I know where we're going to wind up, but the exercise will be worth your while. Let's focus on a couple of things. Look at the volume, 277 and change million shares in the SPY, much bigger than yesterday, much bigger than the day before, and so on. Whether that's it or there's a bigger day at hand, and there can be, there's been bigger days in the past, we're getting close to exhaustion type of volume. Now, granted, the rubber band already snapped, which leads me to the 297.91. Now, I didn't necessarily love the fact that we hit that spot into the end of the day. That's actually a sign or signal of weakness from where I sit. I'm going to discuss more of that in a moment. So back to volume for a second. Maybe there's another day or two of increasing volume But we have to be getting closer to the end than we're not. And I'm not talking about an end of the correction in air quotes, just the end of whatever this is. We don't have to label it. doesn't have to be the end of the correction, the end of leg one, leg two, leg seven. It doesn't make any difference what you label it. It's the end of this particular move. What else do we have in our back pocket? We're getting to that zone of time. Anybody that's taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader will recognize the fact that we love time. Time is more important than price. 
when we can match up time and price, an important price with an important time frame, it's usually recipe for a double, triple, and even home run. We're in the time zone. In a market like this, it's never going to feel like a turn is coming. That's just the way it works. It's part and parcel to the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew and the way they operate. Now, early on today, I had 297.91 as an important number. And if they came into it on a straight shot, for example, within the first few hours of the day or tomorrow, but from afar, meaning not closing the day on that number or below that number, but trading to it from afar during the day, that's a number I believe would have produced one hell of a bounce. Kind of like the one that was produced by 304. Now sure, the market went lower, but we're in a rodeo market. You can't really trade this market unless you're in a position taking profit when it moves a lot and putting a position on when you're at an extreme. But you can't trade this market because where do you put your stops? How do you have a stop like 15 S&P handles out of the money? It's not a tradable environment. That's just a rodeo, and it's really just a gamble slash a bet. That being said, if any trader, and I know there were several out there that did, if any trader took an entry in and around 304, below 304, and they held, they were rewarded for anywhere in between whatever they wanted and six points to the upside, 60 S&P handles to the upside. Can you imagine what would have happened if we came down to 297, 91, 298, 297 and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood on this move here rather than stopping short? That's one of the things that concerns me about this number, notwithstanding the fact that we're below it as I make this video, but that's one of the things where we traded into it at the end of the day. They opened the trap door, they hit him into the close. That changes the story. Why? Go back to the daily chart for this one. Because we want, if we're looking for a reversal for argument's sake, and we obviously are, we're always looking for a reversal of some sort. Well, now we're obviously at an extreme, maybe not the extremist extreme it will become, but we're getting to a point where the market's going to bounce. Why is it going to bounce? You're going to get a piece of news, a rumor. The Fed's going to come to the rescue. They're going to have a cure or an antidote for the coronavirus. Something's going to take place that bounces the market from some price. That's just the way it works. Take my word on it. You don't have to do anything. Just watch and see it's going to happen. But typically, when you look back at the charts and you look for where reversals took place and what they look like, you're going to see less of them with a candle like today where we finished on the lows and then the next one is an immediate reversal from the opening bell the following day. Certainly, we can get a reversal candle of that big down candle we had today. Certainly could do that. But under normal garden variety market conditions, using my 80-20 rule, it's not my rule, it's just the world's 80-20 rule, it's unlikely that's going to happen the majority of the time we're going to come from a lower level. You're going to have some kind of a sell-off and a reversal intraday, a gap down and a reversal. It's more unlikely than not that we get an actual gap and go and that's it. Today was the bottom, tomorrow's a gap and go and it's over. That's unlikely. Anything's possible. It's just not how it normally plays out. That's why we have to look lower. 
What's lower? What prices are below us? Here comes the exercise. You have a number of things. They're really in the obvious camp. You have a little gap right below us. Forget about that. You have a gap down here, and the gap is actually at 293.24. We'll just call it 293 for argument's sake. We'll swap it out with the 204 or 304. We no longer need that. We need 293. What else we got? We have this 288.50, which represents a pivot low here. And then we have this pivot low at 284.68. Now what we want to do is we want to take a better view. We want a long view of what this picture looks like. So we flip over to a weekly chart and see if there's anything substantial in that neighborhood, in and around those neighborhoods that might stand out better on a weekly chart. All of a sudden, the puzzle starts to look like a picture. When we stack puzzle pieces on and we do the homework and we look around, flip around the charts and we take the long view, you can see that if in fact we're going to have this continued crash for another day or so, then you can see where the 100 period weekly average starts to come into vision. 284, 285 is a spike through it. That's the pivot low we talked about on the daily chart. The 100 period moving average comes in at 287, 84. It's going to move tomorrow. And of course, the market can come up short of those numbers as well. But somewhere in that vicinity, if down there, when it feels really, really bad, it's likely going to be really, really right. If it's wrong and it's a real severe, even more severe crash than we've already had, and we cut through there like a hot knife through butter, then it's just epic, and you have to look to this pivot low here, which is a breakup candle, so that low happens to be 273.09, and that's really all you have down there in that crash scenario, other than a couple of other pivots. You can see over here, below that, you have... A little bit of a vacuum or white space as I like to call it. Anything's possible. I'm just bringing out the possibilities. In the middle of the day, we're seeing such wide and fast point swings that anything becomes possible. And I got to tell you, I was around in 2008 and I was around in 2000. I've seen my fair share of crashes. This will be in the record books. All right. Let's switch over a second. We'll throw the ball around the horn. And I want to get to the bone that I have to pick. Think about it this way. All that bad stuff we just went over, all that market decline, the crash, the low numbers, all that stuff. I don't want you to look at all that as negative stuff because there's opportunity everywhere we look. You have to understand that there's two sides to every tape. There's two sides to every trade. There's opportunity every single day in the market. We're going to talk about inside the numbers. First, I want to switch over to CRM. I forgot to do inside the numbers when I did the video yesterday. I should have done it, but I forgot. Sometimes I get all riled up and I forget stuff. But CRM needs to be discussed. This was a trade from yesterday. In at 176.06 or lower, there was a second price at 174.05, came up short. But here's the deal. By 11 o'clock in the morning, it's at a high of 182.67. Now, there was a lot of other stuff inside the numbers yesterday, but I want to bring that out. Why? It's part of the bone. Here's today's list of stocks on the move. We'll get to the commentary in a moment. 
Take note of the first four on the board. AAL, American Airlines, CCI, Microsoft, and AMD. Now, it's a bloodbath out there. The market's getting crushed. The market's whipping around. How can you possibly make any trades whatsoever? You adjust in real time to what's going on. So what do I do in a case like this? I pick stocks out of the names we know. We don't play from the bottom of the dumpster. We're not going to trade a stock that trades 200,000 shares a day. Next scene shows a big hedge fund comes in to dump a million and a half shares. No thanks. The numbers aren't going to work in a scenario like that. So item number one, we pick the names we know. Item number two, we pick numbers that seem ridiculous early in the morning. They're numbers where I'm going to take the trade 100% of the time because they're important numbers and they're meaningful. I'm not going to win 100% of the time. The same rules apply. I'm still going to lose about 20 out of 100 trades. That's the way it works. But what we do know is that everything, stocks in this case, they're headed for a destination. I don't care whether you believe that or not. I know that to be true. They're headed for a destination Once they get there, they're either going to hang around or they're going to turn around and go back in the other direction. Now, you say, well, what happens when they trade through your destination? Then my answer is, my destination was wrong. And that stock falls into the 20 out of 100 camp. You see the way it works? I'm going to get the destination right 80% of the time. Case in point, American Airlines. We had two entry points. They were pretty close together, but they're two really important numbers, so I squash them together. And by the way, might not look like the first number was important early in the day, but look what happened into the close. The number is important. But here's the deal. The market's getting crushed. Everybody's in a panic. All of a sudden, American Airlines is trading at a high of $22.47 off of a $20.50 entry just minutes earlier. Traders are able to take profit anywhere they want in between and are encouraged to do so. Short hop. Look at the 1040 post for learning purposes. Did anyone notice that American Airlines from Stocks on the Move didn't budge when the market sold off and made another low? That's relative strength and therefore would be expected to be higher as a result. That was a 1040 post, right? Right. 1045 a.m. The stock closes at $20.31. If I see an opportunity, I'm going to give it to you. That was an opportunity. So it was a second bite at the apple for some traders, but another bite or a bite nonetheless. How about Crown Castle, CCI, 148.21. These numbers are on the board, 7.30, 7.40 in the morning, 7.45, 148.21. And in the same 15-minute candle... The stock makes a high of 156 and a quarter. Next candle makes a high of 155.89. It's just ridiculous the type of rocket rides that you can catch on some of these stocks when they hit their destination, regardless of what the market is doing. There's my bone to pick. Some of you are sitting back. There's a lot of you participating inside the numbers. There's a lot of you making a lot of money. Fantastic. But there's too many of you sitting back in your chair thinking to yourself, all right, I'm going to give it a shot next week. I'm going to watch for another week and see what happens. How many weeks in a row are you going to say that? Here's something to ask yourself. Look around the horn. Do your due diligence. How many traders can you find out there that can do this? Pick the numbers day 
after day after day. It amazes me half the time. Microsoft played games, hit the number early in the morning, missed it after the opening bell, comes back in, hits it, rallies away. The point is the numbers work. Forget this one at the end of the day. Nobody's taking a trade into the end of the day. They're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Doesn't count. What counts is you recognize that because the chart is kind of skewed because of the price movement, that's a $5 move. Here's a high of 167 from a 162 entry. I'm not saying you took the trade. I'm just saying this is what happened because the number worked. We're not going to catch all the trades and some are going to play games and not let us in in the way in which we want to see the number or the trade work out. All that being said, doesn't preclude the fact that this works over and over and over again. I missed that CCI trade, by the way, but I did not miss the AMD trade. Market melts down into about 10.30 in the morning. You can look at it two ways. The market's melting down or the market's creating opportunity because it drove AMD right to the destination. What happened? turned around and went back in the other direction. The high was 46 bucks minutes later. Now the commentary today, because the rodeo ride is a little bit different, it's similar to yesterday, similar to the day before, but it's a little bit different than the norm because it's not really a tradable market. I can give you what I got, I give you everything I got, but this type of market is not for the faint of heart. It'll change, it'll settle down, the character will change back, and it will normalize. Doesn't feel like it, doesn't look like it, but it will. It always does. You can glance over the notes. I'm going to scroll a little bit. There is something that I want to show you that is more important than meets the eye or bigger than a bread box. So I always say that guessing the low is kind of a fool's game and all that stuff, and I believe that to be true. However, I still couldn't help myself at 9.01 in the morning. Now, I've been working on numbers all night long. Frankly, it was more than just all night long, but I'm working on numbers. I'm up, I'm not up, I'm up, I'm not up, I'm up early, I'm doing the commentary, I'm doing the stocks on the move, I'm calculating stuff, and I'm working on where the hell is the S&P going? I'm working on it, working on it, working on it. And all of a sudden, a couple of things just converge, and it hits me, and I say, that has to be it. That's a number. I don't know if it's the final number, but that's a number, and the market was nowhere near that number when I came up with this. Nine o'clock in the morning, it was nowhere near there. And I said, if the market's going to have a trapdoor day, and we're going to flush down, and they're going to hit that number today, that's a number I'm a buyer at. Now, we had the whole discussion thing about into the end of the day. So that changes the scope of things. And by the way, before we get back to that number, I want to wrap up the bone to pick conversation. The bone to pick is, if you're serious about learning how to do this, then listen up. I teach everything you need to know in the Lazy E-Mini Trader course. Every night in these videos, it's like supplemental information. Think of it this way. It's like the study group after the lecture. If you just show up to the study group, not having been to the lecture, you really don't know what's going on. And then we install the third pillar, which is inside the numbers. I provide intraday commentary for those of you that like to or want to follow the SPY, the ES contract, the S&P intraday. It's basically the major market, how it's moving intraday. What are the important numbers? And on a day like today, you have to throw it out a little bit because the market moves so fast and so wide 
that they could spike through a number by 20 points and come right back to it. It looks like it didn't work. So on a day like today, it's a little bit of an anomaly. It's a lot of an anomaly. But what you also have are the stocks on the move, and you see them in these videos each and every night. The numbers never lie. Can't make it up after the fact. It's real. So the bone is, if you're sitting on the fence, if you're saying, I'm going to try it next week, next month, I'm going to watch for another two weeks or whatever it is, that's fine, and most of you will. But if you're thinking about it, get up off your ass and do it already. Traders are making money. So 901, I put up 297.91 on the board. We hit it into the close. We went lower. So it becomes somewhat of invalidated, mainly based on how we got there. If we bounced off it today, like if we got there early in the day in that mid-morning area and bounced off of it, I would have been telling you now that it's no good anymore. If it's revisited, it's not the same trade. Drumming them into the end of the day at that number is not the same trade. But I give you everything I got all day long. So let's scroll up and you can read the notes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over the notes because if you want to, you'll read them. If you don't, you'll skip them. That's fine. Whatever your fancy is, is fine with me. There is a lot of notes today or there are a lot of notes today. I'm not sure which one it is. I was never good in school. I certainly wasn't an English major. And by the way, that brings up another important point that I can discuss while I scroll this. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. You don't have to be smart. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have straight A's in school. I had none of that stuff. You learn because you want to learn. You learn because you have the desire and the discipline to do it. If I wanted to do good in school, I would have. Somewhere along the line, something in my head, probably wrong at the time, it shouldn't have been that way, but it was. Something told me that most of this stuff was a bunch of hocus-pocus nonsense and you'll never be able to make any money with it. Now, that doesn't hold true for doctors and lawyers and accountants and other people that are professionals that need to go through school to get an education and to move on in life. I get that. I'm not begrudging that. I'm just saying it's not what I had. It's not what I wanted. I didn't have the desire to study. Therefore, I did poorly. At the end of the day, in this world, we make money because we have to. I had to make this successful. Hence, I figured it out. I'm giving it to you. It's my life's work. And you know what they say, you can't take it with you. That's why I'm teaching it. Moving on along. And there's your full commentary inside the numbers with a bunch of sidebars to boot. Do we even have to discuss the other markets? They're all going to basically turn at the same time. And if one's going to be down 2 or 3% in any given day, others are going to be down similar or worse. So we're basically looking at a similar or same area that we just discussed in the spider. You have this double bottom going on. Now all of a sudden the weekly chart starts to look like the transports, right? Same chart. Kind of funny how that works. My first and second favorite market leading indicators have the same chart. They have to defend those lows at some point. Intraday they can certainly spike. Intraweek they can certainly spike. They have to defend those lows at least on the first run. They're not going to defend them long term, but on the first run, they have to defend them. Just got finished saying same chart, only the transports looks a lot worse. This is the weekly chart, but it gives a new definition to woodshed. Global travel is shutting down in the minds of the market in terms of the transports. You almost have to go over to the monthly chart and you say, well, here's a 100 period moving average, a breakup candle low, 
I mean, holy smokes, is that where they're going? 8,100, another 14, 1,500 points away? Adios mio. Not saying they are, I'm just saying I'm looking at the monthly chart and you can't help but notice that spot. There's spots before that. You have a pivot low down here. That comes in at 86 and change. You have 9,000 is a big number. We're just saying they're all going to turn at the same time. Not necessarily at the same time during the same day, but generally speaking, they're all going to turn together. 201.35 in the queues. It's best I got. If that doesn't hold, 50 period moving average on the weekly chart, 196 and change. XLF, shot four times, chart looks the same, same price levels. If I flip over to the weekly, same stuff. You have a 200 week moving average coming in, you have some pivots here. We don't know where it's going to stop. It's going to stop when the market turns. Is it tomorrow? Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? Is it 100 S&P handles lower? Is it 200 S&P handles lower? Is it 50 S&P handles lower? We don't know. What we do know is it'll turn. SMH, where is she heading? I don't know. Here's a gap of 200 period moving average just above that gap. I mean, it could be going anywhere. If this is your first day here, it probably sounds like I have no idea what I'm talking about. And the reason that is is because nobody's going to be able to pinpoint these prices at this stage. We've been going down in a straight line with no safety net. At this point, we just have to let it happen. A little bit of a unique video tonight. A lot of wind. I'm out of air. Have I told you how much I appreciate you tonight? No, I have not. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm going to use this opportunity to pull the ripcord here. It's everything I needed to discuss tonight for the most part. So we're going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis. Music